0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Welcome back to hour number two of the Full Court Press. MJ and Eric Franson is absent, but you're here on 106.9 on FM, 1390 AM. 1069 the excited for our next guest Justin. Bean being opened up our four o'clock hour we turn to the gridiron for our five o'clock hour opening and that is the newest member of the utah state football team well one of them at least he is quarterback and transfer from utah university jason shelley mr shelley how are you
2: i'm doing good thanks for having
1: me hey uh how is uh the uh the move to logan uh, how are you liking things here in cash valley
2: uh, it's been It's been pretty smooth you know I've gotten to get to know the guys the coaches and stuff a little bit more and I've just been enjoying
1: my time here What brings you to Utah State? What was the process like in getting to Utah State from Utah as to transfer?
2: Uh, it was kind of a long process. I was in the portal for about five months, but um I had to get like a a waiver to get eligible to be playing this year so and I'm going a little longer than I expected, but I'm glad to be here. Um, Utah State offered me a great opportunity to uh, compete and play quarterback, you know, a position I've been playing since I was a little boy. So, thankful for it.
1: When did the contact with you and Coach Anderson start? And who contacted who? Was it you reaching out to Coach A, or did Coach A reach out to you? Um, It was kind
2: of, I got notified by Keegan, Keegan Anderson, mm-hmm.
1: um, when I hopped in the portal, and I let him know
2: that I, I was an undergrad, so I kind of needed a waiver to help me get eligible to play this year, and that was, like, around, like, March, kind of, so I was in there for about a month, and then the waiver process took about two months itself, so that is, it was just a long process for me to get there.
1: So, in about March is when you reached out to Utah State? Yes, sir. And, and why Utah State? What what uh, what attracted you to them?
2: One, um, it was, you know, Jordan Love, you know, Jordan Love, first rounder, i that's something that's pretty big. But uh Coach A, I had a relationship with him back in twenty eighteen when he was with over at, at Utah and uh that and it's in Utah, so you know it wasn't much of a change. You know, I'm pretty comfortable out here in Utah and it was a good fit.
1: Tell me about your relationship with Coach Anderson. Mm-hmm. Well we um it was kind
2: of brief, you know, he was on the defense side of the ball, but most of our interactions was in the locker room and kind of stuff like that. And, it was just a you know, simple coach relationship. I felt like he was a good, honest guy and all that, and I just felt like he was a nice coach to play for.
1: As the quarterback, what do you feel like is some of your skill set that you can help Utah State win some football games here?
2: Um, I think I'm pretty dynamic on my legs. Uh, I've shown that in the past, but I know I know what I can do as a passer and as a quarterback, and I'm hoping to go out here and spread the ball and spread offense and throw lots of touchdown passes and show my accuracy and Things I've been working on since I've gotten into college.
1: I want to go back to your time at Utah University. You had some stellar starts, including that incredible comeback over BYU. Were you surprised that they had asked you to move to the defensive side of the ball? What was that conversation like?
2: Um, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. Um, it kind of happened like right after the Pac-12 Championship game. Um, they lost a couple guys on defense, and they felt like that my move to defense would help the team. And
1: you know, I did it at
2: first, but in my heart, I knew I wanted to play quarterback. So I just gave it the, my gave my all for the rest of the season because I'm not really a quitter. So I finished the season out for him, and then I just had a talk with coach and I just told him like, "Hey, coach, it's not for me. It's not. That I've, not I've not even done that at all in my life. So I figured it was time to move on. You know, kind of one of those kind of relationships, one of those relationship breakups."
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did what was Whittingham's response? Was he supportive of your of your move to get into the NCAA portal transfer portal? I,
2: yeah, he was supportive. He um he seen the passion in my face and. He understood that I even gave him a shot and I didn't really like start no ruckus or nothing with the move. I just, it was a smooth transition over from my little two months over there on defense. But he was supportive of my uh, decision and I thank him for that.
1: Talk about some of the competition you played against in the Pac 12. Obviously, there's some pretty decent competition in the Mount West Conference headed out by Boise State. How does that competition in the Pac 12, Washington State, Oregon, so on and so forth, help you prepare for the Mount West Conference?
2: Um, you know, Paco is very competitive. There's lots of uh good athletes all over the field and stuff and you know, I'm just I'm ready to compete and showcase my skills and I know the Mountain West got great athletes as well and I'm just ready to go out there and just try to get a Mountain West championship.
1: Devontae Henry Cole, A.K.A. run D H C now joins the football team. Have you had a chance to talk to him yet?
2: Uh yeah, I've talked to him a couple times, you know. We are good friends over at Utah. We were locker buddies at Utah, actually. So wow. we, we grew a great relationship over there. And yeah, Devonte, he's, he's my good friend. I'm glad he's here. Glad he made the decision to come over to the good side and not over there by the Y. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did, you, did you talk to him during the transfer portal process and say, hey, you know, Logan's a pretty good-looking place? Um, I, I talked to him kind of briefly
2: before. Uh, when he kind of hopped in the portal the first time, it was like around the time where I was thinking about it and I kind of told him I was thinking about Utah State and stuff like that and he was talking about BYU and but I was, that was really his own decision his own, you know, his own mind he made that up to himself and you know, I was just like if you ever want to come play with me again you know, I'll be up north <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey uh, to, to, besides Coach King and Anderson did you talk to any players at Utah State as you were in the portal to make that decision to come to Utah State that might have persuaded you to come here?
2: Um, no, I didn't really talk to any players, but uh, when I hopped into Porto, um, a former player, CLC Manor, he just uh, asked him a couple questions on how it was in Logan and stuff like that since I wasn't able to like take an official visit due to the COVID-19, so I kind of just got, got a little information from CLC on how Logan is as a city, how it is as a program up here and all that. So
1: What what did he say about Logan? Uh, he just said it was a great place to be at, a great place to work, You a know,
2: place you can be focused and get things done, handle your business. and um, Coach A, you know, blessing, blessing former Utah players with opportunities to play and showcase their talent. So, again, I'm thankful for that. Uh,
1: what has your conversations been like with Coach Anderson so far, and have you met the new offensive coordinator, Bodie Reeder?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, me and Coach Bodie Coach Reader have uh, been talking often and uh, getting to know the playbook and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, I'm in the book constantly. And with Coach A, Coach A just kind of, when I came here, our conversations were simply just, you know, you got to come in here and work, you know, nothing's really given. So when I came out here, I was already ready to just go ahead pedal to the meadow, earn, earn respect from the team, and, you know, try my best to be a leader.
1: Uh, there was supposed to be a big quarterback competition with uh, supposedly you and Henry Collinby. Henry now leaves and goes to Texas Tech. Did you mm-hmm. know anything about Henry? Had you guys talked at all, or was that oh. when you came here, he was gone?
2: Uh no 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 uh no i I knew of Henry um before I got here um, I knew that he was uh the next guy up, and coach a gave me an opportunity to compete um He just told me that uh we have a guy here that's been here, and if you're gonna have to win the spot, you're gonna have to really beat him out in the spot, so I was all up for the competition, you know I been out I at Utah and I was competing every year just for a backup spot, so competing wasn't nothing new to me. I was ready to come in and compete so but when I, when I came, he left. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's his decision. And I hope the best for him.
1: With him now being absent, do you, and this sounds like an obvious question, but do you expect to be the starting quarterback at Utah State for the season? Well, um,
2: I don't really expect anything. I, I really go out there and try to earn it. You know, again, Peasley, Andrew Peasley, he's been here. And I've been here a lot longer than I have. So, he knows a little bit more of the team. And he has the leadership qualities and everybody looks up to him. So, I'm always. I gotta compete in everything. I gotta earn respect from the team. I gotta earn the trust, and I gotta become a leader. So I don't really expect anything, but I'm just gonna go out there and try to do the best I can and let the chips fall where they may.
1: How uh, how familiar have you became? Have you became with the offense and and what Bodie Reader wants of you guys? And what kind of offense can we expect and Aggie Nation expect to see come fall?
2: Um, we can. You can expect like a, a really fast paced offense that puts up a ton of points, and we're going to attack the defense horizontally and vertically on the field, and we're just going to spread the ball around, give fast guys the rock, and put the guys in a great position to score, get them in the space, let them make plays. Uh,
1: what is the relationship with the receivers like? Have you talked to the receivers? How is that going?
2: Uh, yeah, relationship with, my, with the receivers has been great. Um, I've been talking to them on and off the field, trying to get to know them and stuff. Get a couple workouts in off the field, outside of the weight room and stuff like that. Uh, I I feel really confident with the guys we have. I feel like we got some real good playmakers out here, so I'm ready to give them the rock and let them make plays. You know, make make the whole team look good and <laughs> touchdowns touchdowns on the board. <laughs>
1: uh, with the Mount West Conference schedule, there's a rumor that'll it be an eight conference game plus two non conference games, which means, of course, you would get BYU. How excited are you to play that team down south?
2: Um, I'm super excited to uh, get that chance to play them, you know. you know, I, So far, I haven't lost to them, and I'm trying to trying to keep the streak up. You know, uh, the Aggies lost last year, and it left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. So hopefully this upcoming season, you know, if we have a season right now, it's looking like we have one, but, you know, you never know. But when we go out there, we're going to be ready for, some, uh, for, for a good game against
1: the Y. Uh, well, how hard is it to prepare through COVID-19 right now?
2: Um, it's difficult because, you know, you don't really have a lot of face-to-face encounters or, you know, if you do have face-to-face, you got to keep your social distancing and stuff like that. But it's a lot of mental, mental work on the brain, you know, learning the playbook, learning the offense and all that kind of stuff. That's probably the most difficult part, but, you know, it's, you know, we just go out there and work, you know, we're going to practice, we're going to prepare like we have a game next week or so, even though it's not coming until October or so, but we're going to keep preparing like it's. Coming up this next fall and weekend, just keep moving forward.
1: What have you heard about the football season? Have you guys got any updates? I know you're probably just as curious as anybody else is right now. What have you heard so far? If we are going to have a fo- fall football season,
2: um, I I've heard just as much as you guys. To be honest, I just we just recently heard that you know the rumors of the eight game one conference game schedule. So we we just as in the dark as you guys. To be honest, we just going out there and playing ball.
1: Jason, final question. Uh, Aggie Nation is listening to you. What's your message to the Aggies as you uh, come from Salt Lake to Logan?
2: Um, My one message to Aggie Nation is that I'm coming here to work, I'm coming here to make plays, and I'm coming here to win games. So that's all Aggie Nation can expect from me. A guy that's going to come out there and work, win games, make plays.
1: Jason, have you had any Aggie ice cream yet?
2: No, I have not.
1: Tried. You have it, okay. That is my whole recommendation. <laughs> While you are here forever, how many years? We two years or whatever. Yeah, you got to years. have some Aggie ice cream. I got to. I, I
2: look next time. Next time I get somewhere outside, I'm definitely
1: gonna.
2: By. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a sweet sweever kind of
1: guy,
2: anyway. myself. <laughs> so, so hey, I'm the I'm the snack
1: man in Logan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, Jason, thanks you so much for your time. We know you got things to do. Greatly appreciate you. Wish you the best. Stay healthy. We'll look to see you on the Great Iron this fall. Hey, thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet my man. Take care of yourself. You too. That's Jason Shelley. Quarterback of the Utah State Aggies. Or he's quarterback in competition, I should say, of the Utah State Aggies. Greatly appreciate him joining us. Uh, as you heard, uh, he, he reached out to uh, Coach Keegan Anderson, uh that he was uh you know, there's there a waiver process. It took a little bit longer than he was hoping for, but he reached out to Utah State after informing Winningham that uh, you know, Utah wasn't the place for him, especially as a defensive back. He was good as a safety, but he was really good as a quarterback. And as he noted, he was surprised that he got transferred to the defensive side of the ball. So here he comes over to Utah State now, and Gary Anderson welcomes with welcomes him with open arms, not just because he's a great quarterback, but because it provides that competition, right, with Andrew Peasley, with Cooper Lagaw. Uh, and, and the rest of the crew. So it, really good stuff from Jason Shelley. We're grateful to him. A big thanks to Doug Hoffman, the football SID, uh, for putting that together. Greatly appreciate his help. He has been – you want to talk about SIDs who have been swamped? Like Doug Hoffman has been just trying to stay head above water with all the material and all the things he's trying to handle uh, as we are in this midst of a fluid situation of whether or not we will have a college football season. Uh, so I can't thank Doug enough for, for putting Jason Shelley through for us Greatly appreciate his help, and again, big thanks to Jason Shelley. That was fun. That was a good interview. A lot of good stuff from Jason Shelley. Aggie Nation should be excited about him. He brings a lot to the table. A lot to the table. In in last year's action of eleven games, uh, ten of those games were on offense and on defense against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. He was six eleven, passing for forty three yards, no interceptions, but one TD. He had nineteen for thirty one yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, in two thousand. 18, he played in nine games and he started the final five games. He went three and two as a starter. uh, Threw for 1,162 yards, five TDs, six interceptions. uh, Rushed first, rushed 63 times for 192 yards and three touchdowns. And he had multiple 200 game passing, or excuse me, multiple 200 yard passing games, uh, and one 300 yard game that was versus Northwestern. Uh, He also had a game versus Oregon of 262 yards in Colorado as well. So, uh, he's played against really solid competition. Really, really good competition. Now to be able to play against the Mount West Conference, which, again, I don't diss the Mount West Conference at all. It's great competition. But that upper tier of Oregon, Washington, Washington State. I feel like I'm missing good teams in there too. I wouldn't put Oregon State on that list by any means. Uh, USC. Right. That kind of competition will definitely help him as he gets here to the Mountain West, uh, where the Utah State Aggies look to rebound from a a disappointing. I don't know if it's a disappointing season, but it definitely a disappointing finish uh, after uh, falling to Kent State in the Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas, which, by the way, ironically enough, is where Jason Shelley's from. So uh, look forward to having Jason Shelley. See him on the field. Uh, Looks like they got some good stuff. Him and DHC. Uh, looks like they know each other pretty well. They've had some good conversations. So it uh, should be a lot of fun here in Aggie Nation. Can't wait for football season to begin if it begins. Again, the rumor is, from Brett McMurphy reporting, it's an 8-plus-2 Mount West Conference season. So eight conference games, two non-conference. One of those would be BYU, of course. Is Southern Utah the other non-conference game? We'll We'll wait to hear and find out. By the way, Aaron freaking Judge. This guy's unreal. Drill deep to left field.
0: There it goes. See a home run for Judge. A three run
1: shot. And just like that, his seventh home run of the year. And the Yankees are trailing 11 7. So check that out. They've played 10 games. Aaron Judge has seven home runs. That's tied for the most in Yankees history through the first 10 games. That's unreal. That's incredible. That guy's on an absolute tear. He probably should have been one of our Players of the Weeks, and I didn't put him in there. That's probably my fault. T.J. Warren has really stepped it up, though. He's been spicy inside the bubble so far, and he was really good last night, or to me yesterday, uh, where I don't think he missed a shot in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. I and mean, He went 8 of 8 in the first half, had 17 points. No, it's me, 19 points. So just really, really good stuff from T.J. Warren. But this is, this is impressive what uh, Aaron Judge is doing right now on a baseball level. Uh, the Yankees, by the way, uh, way, after that home run, were trailing 11-7 to uh, to the Philadelphia Phillies. And currently, I believe, are still trailing, if I'm not mistaken. Make sure I got this score right here. If the game has went final, it has. Phillies do beat the Yankees 11-7. to uh, St. Louis, again, uh, has all their games postponed due to the COVID-19 positive test. Uh Philadelphia and Miami had that same issue. So a lot of games have been postponed because of the coronavirus and players testing positive. Rumors and reports have had it that they have not been very cautious and careful, that they've been, uh, I guess, ignorant to the situation and not taking it seriously at all. Uh, Mets in Washington right now title at one in the top of the fourth. Miami leads Baltimore 1-0 in the bottom of the seventh. Bottom of the first just getting going. Minnesota and Pittsburgh scoreless. Toronto, Atlanta, same situation. Cincinnati and Cleveland, ditto. So, there's some baseball update for you. Uh, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll uh, get to more. We'll to more. Get to some more college football news and notes, and then BJ Reigns on at 5 30 with us here on the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan.
0: Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. You're
1: God, Jay Salison of the Full Court Press, 522, your time here on 106 on FM 1390 AM. The fan, a big, again, a big thanks to Jason Shelley, to Doug Hoffman of the SID to set that up for us. Greatly appreciate him, uh, and both men, actually, to uh, to help us and, and get a great interview. Great stuff from Jason. Seems like a really, just a flat-out good dude. Um, not just a good football player, but a good dude as well, and he's excited to be here in Logan. You can tell from the voice, the tone of the voice, he was ready to compete for a job he loves. To be the quarterback of a Division One football team here at Utah State, he's excited about that. And that alone should get everyone excited about having Jason Shelley on the squad. I know there's a lot of controversy because Henry Colomby went to Texas Tech. I get it. But I think it's time to move on from that now, right? It's time, to, it's time to let bygones be bygones. He's gone to Texas Tech. Henry's happy where he is. Jason Shelley is thrilled to be in Logan. And it's time for Aggie Nation to jump on this wagon and get excited about this football team. Uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things ahead. You got a new OC in Bodie Reader. Uh, you know, Coach A second year. He's pretty good at bouncing back from what we call as you know Aggie fans who have been spoiled like crazy. We might say, well, it's a disappointing season. The guy went to a bowl game in his first year. It's not too shabby, all right. And he dealt with major injuries, including like David Woodward. That's tough to deal with when you have a guy like David Woodward who is an All Mountain West football player. And it, I mean, and you're trying to just put, uh, you know, a bandaid on it, and yet you have Kevin Metzenheimer stepping up. You have Eric Munial stepping up. This is going to be a good football team coming back. You should be excited about it, Aggie Nation. Uh, whenever it starts, and whoever it starts against, whether it's Southern Utah, whether it's UNLV, or whoever the situation is, or whatever it looks like, get excited about college football and be grateful and welcome Jason Shelley with open arms. He deserves that from all of us, from absolutely all of us. So. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. All right, uh, again, just some news and notes around the college football gridiron so far. What we got today: uh, Big Ten Conference does announce that uh, they're scheduling what it's going to look like, and for the first time since 1942, Ohio State Michigan will not be the final game of the year for both teams. That will, game will excuse me. That game will take place on October 24th. Uh, other news and big news actually for the uh, NCAA Division Two II and Three. Fall championship sports have been canceled as a result of the uh, coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic. So that includes men's women's soccer, men's and women's cross country, field hockey, volleyball, and men's water polo in both divisions. Uh, the Board of Governors from the NCAA directed each division to make its own determination on whether to hold fall championships, and both came to the same conclusion and made announcements on Wednesday. Uh, in canceling its seven championships, the Division II President's Council came to the same decision. Uh, other divisions have until August 21st to decide whether they will hold fall championships that includes Division 1. So, if 50% or more of eligible teams cancel their season, the NCAA will not hold championship events in that division. I would imagine that football does stay put. That's just an absolute guess. That is no report of any way, shape, or form. So, hold your freaking water. Don't wet your pants. We don't know what Division One's is going to do, but as you uh, just heard right there, it, you got till August 21st is what the NCAA has to make a decision of what they're going to do. Uh, Michigan State's defensive end, uh, Pansuic, he's opted out for the season. That's one of their starting defensive ends. He's also a veteran on the line, so that's a big loss for them. Uh, big 10 players uh, have followed the Pac-12 in regards of, uh, I wouldn't say a union, but more like a unity group, uh, and uh, put a list of demands that relate to their safety during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, and other platforms that they want to see changed. In fact, they call it hashtag Big Ten United. Uh, it was written by players of the Big Ten and was published by the Players Tribune on Wednesday morning. Um, in fact, from the players, they say that while, quote, while we appreciate the Big Ten's recently announced plan for the upcoming season, which is conference only 10 games, we believe that the conference proposal falls short in certain areas. Uh, Given that the players are the primary stakeholders in the business of college sports, we believe any course of action moving forward needs to include player input. We are deeply disappointed with the lack of leadership demonstrated by the NCAA with respect to player safety during the COVID-19 pandemic. We believe that the NCAA must, on its own and through collaboration with the conference, devise a comprehensive plan to ensure the safety and well-being of players leading up to and during the upcoming fall season." End quote. Uh, some of those demands include several of the same issues that the Pac-12 had talked about. Uh, but unlike the Pac-12 players, the Big Ten group does not plan to opt out of training camp, practice, or games at this point. Uh, but Michigan's uh, defensive back Hunter Reynolds, one of the group's organizers, said he plans to be at practice when it starts later this week. Uh, he doesn't know if the players involved would reach a point where they would skip or practice skip practices or games if their demands are not met. Uh, some of their demands do include third-party approved by players to administer covid Testing and to enforce all COVID-19 health and safety standards. Sufficient penalties for noncompliance. Mandate for athletic personnel to report suspected violations. So, kind of like a tattletale hotline. Yeah, snitch hotline if you want to call it. Uh, in fact, whistleblower protections for athletic personnel and college athletes reporting a suspected violation, meaning whoever does report the violation, that there will be no sort of punishment that comes upon them and that the, in, that the big Ten will protect that kid or that athlete from uh, reporting violations. Uh, the automatic medical register for any player who misses any competition because of positive tests or a mandatory quarantine because of contact tracing. Uh, coverage for all out-of-pocket medical expenses related to COVID-19 incurred by co- active college athletes. That's a key word, active college athletes. And, of course, preserve athletic eligibility, scholarship, and roster spot for any player who opts out out of, out of athletic participation or is unable to play more than 40% of their scheduled season because of COVID-19 or season postponement cancellation. So not as severe or, I guess, as... Uh, hey, me, 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 kind of demands from the Pac-12, more of a team-related thing. They just want to be protected from the coronavirus pandemic if they are positive for a test. Makes complete sense, and I actually think those are very fair demands, if you ask me. Uh, but again, that's uh, that's a Big Ten's uh, issue, and that comes just after the Big Ten announced. There'll be a recent, or to me, there'll be a 10-game conference schedule, And the biggest announcement of that is that Michigan-Ohio State will be on October 24th instead of at the end of the season. Uh, They are hoping that they can start the season on September 3rd. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, it's going to be my man, BJ Reigns of the Idol Press. He's a Boise State Broncos beat writer. We're going to get to him about this Mountain West Conference rumor and what it means for Boise State and for the West of the Mountain West. Oh, yeah, I can't talk today, guys. Sorry. rest of the Mountain West Conference, it's all coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan.
0: The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 106.9thefan.com.
1: Welcome back to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM and 106.9thefan.com. BJ Reigns is not going to be able to join us today. Uh, he has, uh, some things he needs to take care of on his end. And so, uh, we'll have him join on at a later date, hopefully tomorrow, if not, uh, maybe next week, but it has became official just, uh, barely announced just a couple of minutes ago. The Mountain West has announced what their schedule will look like. The football season will begin on September 26th and it will be an eight and two, uh, schedule, which means eight conference games and two non-conference games. The Mountain West Conference Football Championship will be on December 5th, December 12th, or December 19th. Now, various scheduling models for the 2020 Mountain West football season are under consideration, and a final version will be announced once completed uh, per Mountain West Conference. Now, for fall Olympic sports such as cross country, women's soccer, and women's volleyball, they will have only conference schedules. Their earliest competition will also begin on September 26th. Uh, women's soccer and women's volleyball champions will be determined by regular season play. Schedule alternatives for league play in the, pers- the respective sports have been developed and will be solidified in the coming weeks. So once again, it is official. The Mountain West for football has decided to go with an eight-conference game to non-conference game schedule that would begin on September 26th, December 5th, 12th, or 19th is when you would have the Mountain West Conference Championship. And again, uh, various uh, other scheduling models are under consideration. A final version will be announced once it's all completed. And just to repeat it, make sure everybody heard correctly, cross-country, women's soccer, and women's volleyball will all have just conference-only schedules. And women's soccer and women's volleyball champions will be, term- will be determined by regular season play. So there it is. Enough rumors, enough speculation. Glad to have that over with. Now we just wait to see if we're actually going to have a football season. That's what we wait for. Uh, Boise State has three out-of-conference games remaining on its schedule, by the way. Uh, We were going to have B.J. Reigns, but unfortunately he's not able to join us today, so hopefully we'll have him on either tomorrow or next week. Uh, But one of those games, in fact, three games include Georgia Southern, BYU, and Marshall. And that game is at Marshall, by the way. Does Boise State take the BYU game and Marshall? I think they take Marshall no matter what, but do they take BYU or do they take Georgia Southern? Money is also an issue too, and you got to think about that. Boise State uh, would have to pay BYU since it's at Boise State, but they also get the money from Marshall for going to Marshall, uh, and I believe they'd have to pay Georgia Southern if I'm not mistaken as well. No, excuse me, they do not pay Georgia Southern. That's a lie. I lied to you. So the really one game they'd have to pay is BYU. Would you all they would it be almost to the fact that they actually decide, you know what, if we can save money, let's go ahead and cancel out BYU and take a no payment game versus Georgia Southern and then get paid versus Marshall. It's not a bad idea. Uh that'd be crazy to think otherwise. Uh but they'll in fact, B.J. Reigns is now just tweeting out that Boise State loses their home opener with Georgia Southern and their September 12th game against Air Force will now be moved. Uh, they will be opening the season at Marshall as of now. So that's big. So, yeah, never mind. I guess they might be playing BYU <laughs> if they don't get Georgia Southern. They Also, the other thing to think about is that Utah State football schedule if I looked at it correctly, Georgia, or not Georgia Southern, Southern Utah was scheduled for September 12th. So the question becomes do they move? If Southern Utah is available to do so, could they move it to the 19th? The problem for Southern Utah is that they play at Sacramento State. Now, this is assuming that the NCAA does not wipe out the FCS football. That's a big assumption. So, Southern Utah, if that game was on for September 12th, would be moved to the 19th, give or take. And then you get you, or assuming you get BYU and Utah State at whatever point the schedule would have them. I believe it has them right now playing BYU on October 2nd. So, either they keep that October 2nd date or they move the game up to the 26th. Uh, conference play was scheduled to start on the 10th of October, home against San Diego State, and then on the 17th, they go to Boise State. They're home against New Mexico on the 24th, at Nevada on the 31st, 7th against Wyoming, 14th against uh, home against uh, Fresno State, 21st versus Colorado State, and the 28th versus Air Force. So there's no bye week, or at least looking at the schedule the way it is. There's no buffer period in case you have any COVID-19 issues with any team in the Mount West Conference. I'm going to make sure I do my math right here, though. Yep, because the BYU game with Utah State would be on a Friday, as usually is, just uh, before LDS Conference weekend. Eight days later, you get San Diego State. Seven after that, you were at Boise State. The week after, you're home against New Mexico. The week after, you're at Nevada. The week after, you are playing against Wyoming, at Wyoming. week after that, on the 14th, is Fresno State at home. Then Carlisle State and Air Force. So, yeah, there is no bye week or police buffer period right now. But as the Mount West announced, that there is scheduling models and uh, uh, there's variables for change that they are putting together and that they'll release that uh, when the time comes. Or I guess when it's completed, so uh, yeah. Uh, but eight conference games, two non-conference games, isn't too shabby. Uh, you'll take two non-conference games and uh, and try to get a nice little tune-up. Uh, I would again. I'd imagine that Utah State and Southern Utah would be on the nineteenth, maybe. But uh, just the twenty-sixth is really when the rest of those games, or at least the other nine games, are are scheduled could be really intriguing the way that the season unfolds. Now, according to Adam Rittenberg, the current plan for the Mount uh, West-sponsored fall sports to begin competition, again, is no earlier than the week ending of September 26th. The football season will have an eight-game conference schedule and then two non-conference opponents if they choose to do so. Just looking to see if he's got any other breaking news, and at this point, he does not. I'd imagine that there's some variable changes and some buffering period in case if there's any COVID-19 issues. And another question to this whole conference schedule for Utah State especially is that they get, new, uh, not New Mexico, excuse me, they get Colorado State on their schedule. Colorado State is going to have an investigation for somewhat student athletes and staffers accused of Colorado State as being negligent and forcing players to play through and practice through COVID-19 pandemic issues and that they were being ignorant to the situation uh, and were threatening reduced playing time um, and even lost a scholarship for some athletes. So the problem with Colorado State is you don't know if they're going to have a season because if that is true, the investigation is going on now. Before I go any further, Colorado State players, some football players came out and said, no, that wasn't the case. That's never been the case and people need to quit lying. Five players came out and said that on Twitter. But there's still been an investigation done. And if they do find them to be just that, that that investigation does come uh, as was reported, then Colorado State's not going to have a football season. I'd be stunned if they do. I'd be shocked. So that erases one opponent for Colorado State. The other point, and this was brought up yesterday on our text line, Hawaii has a 12-day quarantine period. When you go to Hawaii, you got to quarantine for 12 days. Now, Utah State doesn't have Hawaii on the schedule, but other teams do. So you're going to have to figure that out as well, or Hawaii's going to have to make an adjustment of some sort. And again, New Mexico, who Utah State plays this year on the 24th, their governor's telling them, please don't have a football season this fall. So one school's underneath the investigation, one school has a quarantine period that goes longer than seven days, and one school has a governor begging them to not have a football season. Yeah, I'd say, and the Mount West Conference is smart for saying this that there is going to be an adjustment period. I'd be really interested to see what that adjustment period looks like, or what the variable changes look like once the schedule uh, is completed for the Mount West Conference of uh, when of when they'll play each other. Uh, if the season starts September twenty sixth. Yeah, all the games besides the Southern Utah, that's the only game that starts before the required date, and that'd be Southern Utah on September 12th. But Utah State BYU would be on the 2nd. Aztecs Aggies would be on the 10th, and everything else is good to go. So they'd be all right. They'd be ready to roll. So what will the... Uh, what will the... Uh, schedule look like is, is gonna be the really interesting decision My, 9315 text in I think where Jason was on defense Utah when we played with Utah it'll make him a better QB good point as a safety his awareness defense I think what he's seen on the defensive side of the ball versus offense he has better knowledge a higher IQ of the defensive uh, of the defensive side of the ball when he goes to play quarterback now for Utah State if he is the starting quarterback for the Aggies. Uh, it's it's going to be good. I, that's a good point. I'm excited to see what Jason brings to the table. I think the competition between him and Andrew Peasley, people think it's a foregone conclusion that Jason Shelley is going to be a starting quarterback. But as he mentioned, he doesn't have any expectations. He's just going to go in there and do what he said he would do, compete, fight for that starting job, and do what he could to earn the teammates' trust, the coaches' trust, Uh, to be able to be the starting quarterback for game one of the college football season. No expectations beyond that. Just to earn the coach's trust and the player's trust, his teammate's trust, to be that guy, and he's going to have to do that through fall camp. Whenever fall camp starts, by the way, Utah State's first football practice was supposed to start today, but as reported by uh, Trent Wood of the Deseret News yesterday, uh, that has been postponed until an indefinite date. Whenever that date is. And I, I I don't take that as panic mode. By any stretch. I think what you uh, you understand here is that... Utah State's got a while now until their season opener starts. I mean, it's, well, I say a while. It's August 5th and the season starts September 26th. But no need to kill each other right now, right? Um, when the time's right, you'll be able to get your guys on the field and uh, put a depth chart together, put a practice together. Someone actually asked me earlier today, will we have Mount West Conference media days? I would say it's very highly unlikely. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying yes, I don't have any official report, but just in a uh, speculating way, I would say it's very high, unhi- very highly unlikely that we will actually see um, a Mount West Conference virtual media day of, of, of sort. Maybe that we'll have a chance to meet with the coaches, but it'd be like a very small Soft virtual media day, if anything at all whatsoever, and of course, if anything. Speaking of that, do we have a football season? Right, I think that's the biggest question for everybody: is do we have a football season? now West Conference has now put their schedule together. The ACC, a, the ACC, I guess, including AAC, uh, Big Ten, Big Twelve, SEC, Pac twelve. All the conferences have a schedule, a model schedule put in place. Now what? does the ending look like? Are we going to have a college football season? Still extremely fluid, still no definite yeses, still no definite noes, and it doesn't help that the NCAA Board of Governors gathered together yesterday and really didn't come out with a decision and said that they're going to come out with a decision later, but no later than the August 21st. I think it's time to start making some decisions here. Start showing some leadership. We've got we've got athletic directors who are out there making decisions, big decisions under stress circumstances and they're making the right decisions too. When is the NCAA and their president going to start acting like a leader? Start putting their foot down, start making some announcements, start I mean we are at August 5th now. Quit trying to to hide behind the the whole calendar we understand that there's a pandemic. We understand that there's COVID-19, but come out and say, "Hey, look, this is what we're hoping for. This is what we want. This is our idea going forward." And if you have to make adjustments, guess what? You're not the only organization to do so. It's COVID-19. Everything is fluid, but come out with some sort of a decision and throw a and throw a dart at the at the calendar for a date. We have great smart athletic directors, but Man, this is a huge decision. And you need to give some guidance to the athletic directors of what you are thinking, what your vision is, with a guidance. It's it's almost embarrassing what the NCAA has been. Uh the, the Board of Governors Group. It's 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 nearly embarrassing. Like I honestly, if I'm being dead serious and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, I trust John Hartwell a heck of a lot more than I trust our freaking NCAA president. I absolutely trust Mr. Hartwell over our NCAA president. Hartwell's making firm decisions. He's being quick, uh, and he's with thorough research and thorough guidance from those who he he's getting research from, and and he's sitting down with, and he's making decisions. Like and and there's other other major athletic directors who are doing that as well. When's the president gonna follow the footsteps of the athletic directors? All right. It's the full court press. Let's take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap it up and call it a Wednesday evening, and uh, get you ready for Thursday show. It's on the full court press, one hundred six and FM, thirteen ninety AM. A fan.
0: It's the full court press with Eric Franson and
1: AJ Selvason. Tony Bradley looked just absolutely terrified, like he was in a movie scene with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I thought Bradley did okay. No way! He's trying to provide some energy. He does not have the same skill level as <laughs> Rudy <critical laughs> Gobert. Some
2: energy? He looks Tony more lost than anybody because he rarely sees the
1: court down the middle of the lane. And Tony Bradley's like, "I'll just step aside here. I don't even want to take a charge, even though it could probably benefit our team." He doesn't belong on the basketball court right now. Weekdays from four to six
0: on. Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wees T-Ball team. It's the full court press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan.
1: Well, Court Press, 5.51 your time as we close it up. But thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed having you along with me and, and the great guests we've had as well. It's been a really, really fun show. Been solo today, but we to handle it well thanks to some great interviews. Uh, we'll get BJ Reigns on to talk more Mountain West Conference sometime down the road, whether that's tomorrow or even next week. Um, but we've already, we've already posted our Justin Bean interview. I'll get Jason Shelley up here in just a moment uh and then we will also uh we'll get the hours one and hour two if you missed any of it you can find it on our podcast uh on stitcher itunes spotify just type in eric's name my name the full court press you'll be able to find it and listen to it at your heart's content and then we also have uh on 106andthefan.com on our website you can just go to podcast and uh and find it all there and, and uh, listen to whatever you want we even have the archive stuff old shows old interviews uh to keep you busy uh throughout for now so again just a big announcement uh, from the Mount West Conference they decided to go with the 10 uh, game season I'm make sure I say that right 10 game season with eight conference games two out of conference games and remember that Southern Utah game was scheduled for September 12th The season can uh cannot start until the week ending of September 26th So that would either one of two things move Southern Utah to 26th, which I don't know that can happen, or two, they just boot Southern Utah off the schedule, uh, and they move BYU. Maybe move BYU up from October 2nd to the 26th. It's only six days, right? No big deal. Uh, They said that the schedule is, uh, well, it's the language of it says that uh, if they choose to have those two out of conference games, so maybe they cancel one out of conference game. They just play a nine conference or not conference game. Excuse me, a nine game season. So you don't have an out of conference game, but you I guess you don't have two of them, but you have one of them. That'd be BYU, and then you play the uh, the rest of your conference schedule the way as is. And again, what does the schedule look like? Because they, I would imagine that they're going to put a buffer period in for in there in case anything goes wrong with COVID nineteen. Heaven pray that it doesn't happen. Please don't happen. Don't need any more issues like that. Keep it clean. Keep it safe. Uh, But yeah. And then the uh, Mount West Conference, again, will put out that variable schedule when it's all completed uh, and filled out and ready to go. Should be interesting to see what it looks like, though. Again, that season cannot start until the uh, week of September 26th. And the Mount West Conference football championship game will be on December 5th, 12th, or 19th. Along with that, the uh, Mount West uh, Olympic sports uh, will also begin September 26th, but they'll be just conference only. And then women's volleyball uh, as well as – I'm going to make sure i got this right so I don't screw this up because I know I can screw it up pretty quick. But uh, that women's volleyball and uh, women's soccer champions will be determined by regular season play. Schedule alternatives for league play in the prospective sports have been developed and will be solidified in the coming weeks. That is for cross country, women's soccer, women's volleyball—big uh, stuff, big stuff for the Mount West. And I think it's a good decision by the Mount West, and it's good to have that decision come out and be able to move on with our lives. So let's give you a quick uh, update on the uh, hardwood, the NBA hardwood. So far, what's going on? Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers right now trail the Oklahoma City Thunder. How about the Thunder so far in this bubble? Just really good. With 2:39 remaining in the second quarter. Thunder lead up 45-38 or LeBron James and the Lakers, uh, but I, I honestly feel like the Lakers are kind of just now coasting for the rest of the restart games. They have the number one seed locked up, so why, why put any more pressure on your team? I think they play minimal minutes at times, that's just a guess. But I'd imagine just when you, when you have a number one seed locked up, you might as well rest and be ready for the playoffs when they come a lot or when they come around. Philadelphia over Washington, one oh seven ninety-eight. Denver over San Antonio, 132-126. And, of course, your Utah Jazz winners are winners over Memphis Grizzlies, 124-116. Games later tonight, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, will be Toronto and Orlando. And 7 o'clock on ESPN will be nothing more than the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Brooklyn Nets are, uh, man, I don't know who I feel more bad for. Brooklyn had half its team check out of the bubble, not check out of the bubble, but just not even want to play in the bubble. And now they're just fighting for their life just to stay relevant in the bubble. Uh, and then Boston is in the opposite direction. They've been really, really good so far. Uh, and they get Brooklyn tonight. I believe they are sitting at fourth in the standings, if I'm not mistaken. And they'd be, no, excuse me, third in the standings. And they'd be right now matched up with none other than the rival, the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm okay with that. Seven games of the Sixers and Celtics. That could go seven in the first round. Honestly, it could. Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers would be another good matchup. TJ Warren and Victor Victor Oladipo have been really good. And then Jimmy Butler on the other side. Brooklyn Nets in seventh. Orlando Magic in eighth. And uh, well ahead of ninth place. So there will be no playing game there. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference, it's going to be a duel out. Between most likely Memphis and Portland, if Memphis can get their crap together. All right, for Jason Shelley, for uh, Justin Bean, for Ajay Salveson, which is myself, thank you so much for tuning into the Full Court Press. Good night, everybody.